It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes, our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Common Good. But first, a disclaimer. That announcement is incorrect. There is no Brian Fromm in the house, but maybe the most excited I've ever been about a guest in the history of this show. Ever. Maybe the most excited I've been about anything ever. You're lying. And I have two children. That's true. That voice that you're hearing is none other than Katie Simpkins. That's right. My lovely wife and doer of many wonderful things. Katie, welcome to the show. That's me. <laughs> That's John clapping for you. That's never happened before, by the way. He's never clapped for a guest. That is very Pretty true, special, actually. I guess. <laughs> Don't tell anybody else that I did that. Okay, this will, we'll just, best friends be now. this will be just a secret between the three of us. No one else will know. Uh, if you're just joining us, you can find us on Facebook, the Common Good Radio Show, 1160hope.com. Uh, also at Common Good Talk on Twitter. Plus, we're podcasted. Some of you are listening to us right now via podcast. If you would just like, subscribe, and review, that helps us out a whole lot. Plus, you can share this. I would just go ahead and preemptively share this episode because I'm telling you, it's going to be great. You guys are in a lot of places. And I have to say that I listen to the podcast. You do? <laughs> of course, because do you I li- have two kids at That's home. True. and I, I knew that. It's awesome for walks to listen. And I don't like commercials. I'm going to just be honest. <laughs> oh, with great. The- We're going to have to edit this part out. I'm sorry, That's, everyone. I'm just kidding. Do you, I I don't, don't. I've never asked you this. Do you listen at twice the speed? Do you listen no, at- I don't. Because that's like what pro podcasters do, and I can't. I, it's so hard for me to do. I didn't know it was a profession, but I want. <laughs> I want in on that. I mean, you can try it. Uh, it's really, really strange to hear your voice, kind of in chipmunk mode. But uh, I won't inflict that on you. I'll do it later. Okay, so a couple of things. I'm going to mention it a couple of times, more than a couple, because I, I want people to know about it. So Katie uh, is one of the most amazing, most profoundly creative inspiring people that I know. And I'm not just saying that because we're married. I just think it's true. Um, But one of the most recent things that she's launched is called Common Mission Women. And if you're just hearing that name for the first time, commonmissionwomen.com, go there right now. If you're listening to the podcast, hit pause. Uh, But that's not the only thing. She's doing all sorts of other things. She's also just an incredible wife and mom. But before we get into like some of her creative endeavors and the thing that, you know, is sort of occupying a lot of our evening time right now, I would love for people just to get to know you as a person. So however you want to answer that question, could you just tell people some of your story and like how you came to faith and how all of that kind of ended up and landing you here? Yeah. You want to start with how I came to faith? Yeah. I think that's a good place to start. I think so. I grew up Catholic, so I've grown up with a lot of Catholic guilt because of that. Um, But yeah, I grew up Catholic. I went to CCD class and um, kind of went through the motions but never really had a relationship or understanding of what a relationship with God looked like. It always was at a distance. Anytime I needed to talk to God, I went to a priest or I recited prayers I was told to recite, but it never really meant more than that to me Hmm. Um, until around the time when my brother passed away. My brother passed away when he was 20 years old and I was, had just started my sophomore year of high school and really hard time to be going through something like that. Such a big loss in our life. So it totally wrecked my world, wrecked my whole family's world. um, And everything kind of froze 
in time. And I call that year, I refer to that year every time I look back to it, I call it the year of darkness because I honestly can't remember much from that year except for feeling like there was this physical darkness I was walking in for that entire year. And this was before I knew God in the way that I do now. Um, But I was able to see God work in this miraculous way in my mom's life, actually, about a week before my brother passed, and we didn't know he was going to pass away. My mom came to faith. She turned her life over to God. And not long after my brother had passed on his birthday, um, which his birthday's in December, she had uh, woken up and just had this pit in her heart of, what am I going to do? It's my son's birthday, and I want to, I want to bake him a cake. I want to, you know, be with my son. And she had it put on her heart by God that she was going to, you know, make a meal for the homeless. And now we're celebrating. It's going to be, I think, the 16th year fundraiser this year, the celebration dinner that's happening in November. 16 years of serving and loving and coming alongside homeless men and women Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And it's this huge 501c3 that my mom runs and directs and has totally allowed God to lead the whole way. But seeing God transform her life and seeing, getting to be a part of that ministry from before I was a Christian, I was seeing God do things that to me was undeniable that there was something bigger going on that I didn't understand. And probably by the end of that year of darkness and it, it was the end of the darkness because I was about to become a believer. Although I didn't know that hmm. um, one of the, one of the people from the ministry had encouraged me to just, you know, pray. I'd kind of shared that I had been really struggling with depression from my brother's passing and really struggling with a sense of hopelessness of there's no reason to really go on for me. I didn't have a sense of, of hope or purpose. And I got to the point one day when I said, I don't think I want to live anymore. I I think I'm, I'm at the point where I don't see this darkness that I'm in ending. Hmm. And I, for some reason felt this sense come over me that I needed to pray. And I had never prayed like this before because like I had said, I had grown up Catholic. So I just, prayed as if I was talking to a friend and I just said, Mm. you know, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. And I never use his name that way in prayer before. Mm. And I just said, I need you. And I can't explain it to anyone any other way, except that I felt this physical light come in and I wouldn't have known it unless I had known the darkness that I had been in, that there was this undeniable physical light and, weight that was lifted off of me within that exact moment. And I knew there's, there's something more to this Jesus. There's something more to this God that I've been seeing work in my mom's life and in the lives of these homeless men and women Mm. that I need to explore. And so I started off on a solo trip (laughs) to, to figure out who this God was. And yeah, for a long time, I, I was on my own. I had no friends who were Christians. Right. All my friends were the opposite, if anything, (laughs) And so I became the one who wanted to tell them all about it and they wanted nothing to do with it. (laughs) Um, You became like the Jesus freak in the bunch. I was the Jesus freak. (laughs) I I was, I was a strange one. I was strange before though. So it didn't make much of a difference, but yeah. So I, I started off on this new journey and, 
ever since then just be kind of growing into this identity, growing to understand who God created me to be and, you know, what he created me and all of us, you know, to do. And, and that's, I think that's the story. <laughs> I, I honestly, I never grow tired of hearing that story. Thank you for sharing all of that. I, I think it's probably clear to everyone listening to now why I love you so much. And I think that story in particular really sets up so much of where God led your life from that point. And, yes. uh, so you're going to stick with us for the entire hour, and I hope here. That, I hope that you all will stay with us because uh, the story just keeps getting better and better. Uh, I'm absolutely thrilled that you are here. That voice you're hearing is the founder of Common Mission Women, Katie Simpkins. She also happens to be my wife. And a mama. And a mama of two great, great little boys who are at Grandma's house right now. Thanks, Grandma. And daughter and sister. Yeah, thanks, That's Grandma. True. And all those Grandma's things. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, we're going to keep learning and hearing from Katie Simpkins coming up next after the break. That's what's happening here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. <laughs> I wish you all could see the dance that Katie was just doing in the studio. That was remarkable. Where'd you, where'd you learn to dance like that? From my mama. <laughs> That's true. I've seen her do that dance, too. That's true. That's very, very genetic. Uh, well, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins. Brian Fromm is somewhere in Wisconsin, I want to say. Brian, where are you? I think Wisconsin. He's fighting bears or saving the planet. I can't I can't remember. I wasn't listening. Anyway, you can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show, 1160hope.com slash The Common Good, on Twitter at Common Good Talk, or wherever it is you get podcasts and that other lovely sweet angelic voice that you're hearing is not only my wife but also the founder of common mission women you can learn more at commonmissionwomen.com also on the instagrams at common mission women is that right that's correct yeah. at at the instagrams or on the instagrams it is at on the instagram except when you go on instagram you just have to type in oh that's true type in common mission women we are search. not as hip as we used to be you'll find out <laughs> Yeah. Just just will it into existence. Just, You'll figure it out. Just pray we, on the we name. We believe in you. <laughs> we have a lot of faith in you, our listeners. So, uh, okay, so earlier you were telling us your story, and I, I really do mean this. I love hearing your story. It's like always such a powerful reminder to me of God's goodness, even in the midst of like heartache and pain and tragedy. And Thank you. You call it the year of darkness, right? I think a lot of people can yeah. equate to that. So you, you, you tragically lost your brother when you were in high school. Your mom has this crazy supernatural experience that kind of leads to her starting this this homeless ministry called Timothy's Ministry, mm-hmm. which is an amazing ministry. You you kind of get a front row seat to some of that before you say that you became a Christian, right? So in a lot of ways, you're like experiencing the church before you're even really into the church, right? Like the church being the church, the body of Christ. Yeah. The, can you talk to me a little bit about where you went from there? Like you're seeing your mom love on this homeless community, and then you have this like supernatural encounter yourself. Where does your story take you from there? It was a, it was a long, hard journey. Yeah. To get there, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, before I was a Christian, I was seeing God working in this homeless ministry. And as I was becoming a Christian, realizing I was seeing the kingdom of God as it was intended to be. I was seeing men and women from all walks of life, including myself and my mom and every man and women struggling with homelessness that came into the ministry coming as they were right. and gathering around a table to like fellowship and worship together and to just be seen and known and loved as God intended them to be. So 
it was hard to then go search for a church. Right. Although I did, I did try. Did but you? I call myself, I would say I was a church hopper because <laughs> every other week I was at the ministry and that was my church. I saw that right. as this is what church is supposed to look like. So as you can imagine, if your idea of church looks like a homeless ministry right. and you walk into, like I did, I walked into Willow Creek, sure. it looked a lot different. Right. Oh, this is a different take. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what are we, what are we doing? Yeah. And right. that, I think that kind of became my question is when I would walk in the doors of a church, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Um, and so there was a battle of, of knowing I needed to be fed and knowing I needed a place to, to really invest in and to, right. to build, build and develop my own community. Right. Um, but also, yeah, wanting, wanting to see what the church was doing mm. on the ground, what, what they were doing outside of Sunday mornings and, who were the people that they were welcoming in their doors? And right. one church I actually went to had ultimately kind of turned away the idea of homeless men and women being in their church as a way of saying the congregants don't want to see these homeless men and women outside. Gosh. So we can no longer host them at our church. And it's heartbreaking. that for me, yeah, that for me really became became an area that I, I wanted to know from each church I went to of, is this something that's at the heart of who you are is caring, right? you know, caring for the least of these and welcoming them and seeing them as you would have, as you would see and welcome Jesus. Right. And of course that's straight out of scripture. So, so you were doing this church shopping thing, right? Did you eventually find it wasn't church shopping? I called it church. Hopping. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Added, added an S inappropriately. My I don't apologies. know what the difference between shopping and hopping would be, except yeah. that I wasn't very committed to one church. I was <laughs> showing up at different places all over Chicago. I gotcha. <laughs> and having, having the welcome team send me emails. And, right. The welcome letter. Yeah. Like, we're so glad you're part of our community. And you're like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I also, with the homeless ministry, I always felt like when I came in from the very beginning, I felt welcomed. I felt okay to be exactly who I was right. at exactly where I was. Right. And a struggle I had had um, was walking into churches and feeling like I I wasn't welcomed mm. or maybe wasn't welcomed to be exactly who I was, that I had to kind of put on a, hey, how are you? Right. I'm doing fine. Even though Rather than saying, right. I'm struggling and feeling like I was on even, you know, even playing fields with everybody else that everyone mm. was, was there to, you know, be exactly who they were. And right. So did you bail on the church in general then? or, or No, what, I did <laughs> That's how I found you, and you know that. <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm baiting you, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, for a while, I kind of boycotted church. I'm going to confess that to 1160 a.m. Kind of You boycotted because of your experience of hopping churches? You're yeah, like, forget I just, this. Yeah, I just mm. felt like I was time after time was just being dis- feeling disappointed and discouraged by not seeing what I was hoping to see going on in churches and um so I I used the ministry as my church and then every other week when they were off and on other days of the week I would go for walks with God is what I would say and I I would listen to sermons and listen to podcasts or I would just walk silently and I would just pray. And I mm. felt like this, this, this should suffice. Yeah, right. I don't need to go to church. <laughs> I don't need to be part of a church. Um, and I'd actually started listening 
to a certain church called Papa Greek oh. that a friend had recommended me. Oh. And I was listening to all the audio files of this amazing pastor. Okay. And then, and I, and I felt like, and let's be, let's be straight. The pastor I was listening to was my husband, Ian. Oh, that's me. <laughs> and I just felt like you got, like you got it. And I was like, this okay. guy gets it. He gets it. And by the time I ran out of audio to listen to, I went on a lot of walks, people. <laughs> I'm an introvert, so <laughs> a lot of alone time. Um, by the time I got to the end of the sermons, I couldn't find any more audio. I felt like God immediately spoke to me and said, it's time to show up, Katie. Mm. And not to a specific building or church, but that it was just time to show up and meet with him, mm. wherever that was. And that I felt like it was put on my heart that I was going to show up for a year Hmm. and no matter what my excuses or critiques of the church were, which I know we can all find them of our churches. I was going to just show up and just be open to that. No matter where I go, God's going to meet me and he's going to be able to show me the people that he's putting in my path that, Hmm. that I'm supposed to be connecting with. And I did that (laughs) first. I almost got scared away, but yeah, ultimately I, I did find a home church for a while at Poplar Creek, which is where I met you. That is where we met each other, which I don't think we'll get into that specific story. No, this time, let's not do that. maybe next time, maybe next time in the studio, we'll have, we'll have <laughs> we'll Brian leave them here. wanting more. <laughs> yeah. But that is where we met. And it is a, a super fascinating story. It's one of my favorite stories. And a little bit table. of a weird story. It is weird. <laughs> and I still remember the first Sunday that you showed up to like, I didn't see you walk in, so it wasn't until I like took the stage and I started to preach, and I looked up and I saw you, and I like lost my place in my notes. I was so distracted. I was like, "Oh, oh, who's that lady? Oh man!" Like it was <laughs> the lady. least smooth moment of my entire life. But what I want to talk about coming up next, though, is a little bit of some of the passions that God has laid in your heart since then, and some of the ways that you've sort of leaned into those, and I think some really beautiful ways, and kind of connected all these other dots from your past, which led you to eventually start Common Mission Women. And uh, so we're going to learn a little bit of the Common Mission Women's story coming up next on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. (laughs) I cannot. I wish I was recording your dancing each time we come back. What do you call this move? What was that move right there? The Rocky. (laughs) You didn't hesitate for a minute. Just so everyone knows. A lot of air. You know, to be fair, though, that music is very air punchy. It kind of calls for it, don't you think? Yeah, it's like almost made me want to go work out, but I'm Let's, not going to. But not to. enough, right. Almost, almost. Let's go home and eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> also, cards on the table uh, at the break, Katie and I were just fawning over photos of our own children. So I felt like I needed to confess that to everybody. <laughs> People are like, what are you looking at? Like, oh, pictures of our own kids. Of course. I haven't seen them in 12 minutes. We missed them already. They're pretty awesome. Our kids are pretty great, aren't they? They're the best kids in the world. <laughs> Well, I don't want to... Doesn't every parent feel that way? They're just like, oh my God, my child's a model. You pro- <laughs> I mean, our kids do have your eyes and you have the best eyes I've seen. That's true. Our kids <laughs> are models. I'm okay. joking. All right. So catch up. Here's here's where we've been. You, you kind of told some of your story uh, growing up far from God and then having this pretty radical encounter. Uh, you lost your brother in high school. Your mom has this... Uh, really unbelievable conversion moment starts a homeless ministry as a result. You see firsthand like the body of Christ being the body of Christ in a really kind of unique way. You go on this church hopping journey, but are kind of disappointed in what you find. You sort of boycott church for a while. You do your introverted walks. 
which ends up leading you to Poplar Creek Church in Bartlett, which is where I was the pastor for a long time, and uh, that's where we met. That's a whole other story, but eventually we fell it's in love. a movie, lo- really. <laughs> it kind of is. Lifetime movie, it, it probably. Kinda, but... I don't know if anyone would watch it but you and I, but we could. We'd watch <laughs> it, though. True. We'd have a watch party. It's true. Full confession. The kinds of parents that like fawn over pictures of their own kids <laughs> also would watch a movie about their own lives. <laughs> That's a good sense. But uh, we we ended up falling in love and we got married in Michigan and then we started at Community Christian Church three and a half years ago. And one of the things that I know has always been on your heart is to to care for women. And it's something that I think you do exceptionally well. Women, I think, are like drawn to you. And then since becoming a mama... You, I think, have kind of expanded not just to heart for women, but also like for moms. Talk to us a little bit about that heartbeat, that passion, and where that's sort of led you since then. Yeah, I, I don't think it's always been a passion. I think it's really? something that God has like grown and developed in me, or maybe He's just revealed to me. Mm. Um, as far as the common mission women goes, ever since I can remember, I feel like I've been an artist. I feel like God created me to create. Hmm. And so actually in around the time that I became a Christian, I had been designing a clothing line and selling in and across Chicago and in boutiques and doing markets and selling online. And I kind of got convicted around the time that I had gone on a missions trip to Guatemala. Hmm. I came back and I just kind of fell back into a depression. I was walking around the city, I remember, and I just felt like I was seeing men and women who were struggling with homelessness at every corner. Mm. And as much as I, I wanted God to call me to this big, you know, kind of romantic idea of a life of maybe calling me overseas to do missions work, I felt like during that walk, God was really convicting me that, Katie, there's something here that I'm calling you to that's right right in your backyard Mm -hmm. and there's local needs around you that, that need to be met. But watching my mom kind of go through some seasons of discouragement, especially as a woman who is leading a large Christian ministry, just wanting, wanting to see her really step into, to that role with confidence. And she has, but there were seasons where I, where I, remember having talks with her and her saying, you know, I don't know, I don't know how God's going to continue to, to use me to do this. And I remember one time I had spoken with her, I said, mom, if anything, other women t- need to know and see that God can use them and not just in little ways, right. but in big leadership ways Right. that God can use you for his, his good and for his kingdom. And that's sort of where it started. And then when we were called out to the suburbs, which again, like, like I, I had said with feeling like maybe God's calling me to Guatemala, maybe God's calling me to Africa to, to teach women how to make clothing or to, you know, teach women how to, how to make art. I, I felt like God was again, calling me to, to where I was and kind of reminding me that Katie, I see a bigger picture here and, there's, there's something here that I'm calling you to. And so just right before we got married, actually, I remember you had gotten the job and I knew that marrying you meant going to where you were also called and you were being called out to the suburbs. And I had been in the city at the time and I remember praying and asking God, just God, help, help reveal to me the purpose for why you have me going here. Because I know if you're calling me to life with 
my husband and you're calling him there that you're also, you have something there for me. And for some reason within that year, I really felt like God was putting women on my heart more, whether it was just friends who needed, you know, counsel or support or working and seeing my mom and helping her through some times and talking with her through some, some hard times. I just felt like I was being called to care for women in a bigger way. And so I had started leading a small group, which ended up turning into a bit, pretty big small group. Right, it was like right. 30 like a, plus, like a medium 30 group, plus yeah. women. Yeah. And I was, as much as I thought, God, I don't know where I'm going to have space and room to kind of live out this new call on my heart. It was so life-giving for me to be able to care for these women. And I had always had this desire and passion to help people make make their stories known mm-hmm. in whatever way that was possible. And so I, I just felt passionate about telling the stories of these women and helping them feel known, helping them feel loved, and helping them step into who they were created to be. Right. So that's sort of where the groundwork was laid for common mission to kind of come about well and that even that was a few years ago right so common that was mission and three common years mission, ago right. the idea had came actually and that looks a lot different even today than it did two or three years ago which is again something that i really appreciate about you is that i remember even the first couple of times that you and i had, had a conversation when i you know i didn't really know you the way that you talked about hearing god's voice or following god's leading was so like raw and visceral, but also kind of matter of fact, like literally this in my heart. So I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this. And I'm really feeling like I don't hear people talk like that all the time. And in kind of getting a front row seat now to seeing not only how God has sort of worked in your life and your heart, but this dream for common mission women three years ago and like where that sort of morphed, where I think three years ago, you never would have guessed what it would have become. Uh, I, I just find that really, really inspiring because it is sort of like a lot of times we feel like, Oh, I got a vision from God. I'm just going to do that thing. I'm going to hunker right. down. I'm never going to veer from the course. You seem to have this like open handedness, like, all right, God, this is your vision. This is your dream. I'm just going to try to be obedient within it. And I think that's so needed. And so when we come back, I want to learn a little bit more about what exactly is common mission women. Uh, how did it start? And like, what is it kind of growing into? And then what are you excited about in the future? Like what is maybe the next I don't know, frontier for you, for this project, for other women in the area? Where do you got, where do you see God kind of working in your own life? And, uh, and also where can people learn more? Cause I can imagine people are going to want to learn more. So is that fair? Is that okay? Can we tackle all of that? That sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Well, that other voice you're hearing is the founder and CEO and president. President. I don't know. No, I just, got, you don't want to be president, founder no, and CEO wanna... though. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I, I usually say, creator and designer but yeah founders founders probably pretty appropriate any of those i started (laughs) of common mission women right Right. you can learn more at commonmissionwomen.com we're going to learn a little bit more about that project and that dream being realized uh through my lovely wife katie simpkins that's what's coming up next on the common good on am 1160 hope for your life All right, we're both dancing now. Shoot. I almost spun in my chair, but then. <laughs> oh, do it. It's not enough time. Come on, full spin. You can do it. I believe in you. No, Wait, I no, no, no. You have your headphones on. <laughs> Goodness. Sorry, I didn't think it. about That's the okay. headphones at all. Okay, so uh, that other voice you're hearing is not only the founder and creator of Common Mission Women, 
She is also my lovely, wonderful wife, mother of our two boys, Owen and Redmond. I don't think I say their name very you often. Probably shouldn't you? Sorry, never. <laughs> never mind. Those, those are their real names. Those are ghost names that I just made up on the spot. Also, you know what? And we don't have time to talk about this. You also are like a brilliant singer and songwriter too. We haven't talked about any of that either. You want to talk about that another time? We'll talk about that another time. It's true though. I will say just being married to you though, it's amazing how many things you're not just like okay at that you're exceptional at. It's pretty insane actually. Like, oh, she's like, I'm going to, I used to make clothes and I'm going to get my hand jewelry and maybe I write this song and uh, oh, I also painted this thing and you're like, what? Like, it's pretty remarkable to watch, to be honest. I don't really feel that way about myself, but I do love all the, like, I am passionate and love doing all those things. Well, all those things give shows. me life. So. It shows. It definitely shows. Before we Thank get into you. it, I do just want to say, I, I really am inspired just by watching your life. I think you're doing so many great things in the world. I think you're an amazing mom. I think you're an amazing wife. I like this show. <laughs> Anyone else? You you do like this show? Everyone, everyone should come on this show just to get encouraged by you. But I don't say that to everybody. <laughs> I'm saying it to you because I love you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So here's where we were in the show. Gave some of your history, some of your kind of life background. If you missed any of it, I'm just going to encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast because it's remarkable. And then a few years ago when you and I got called to Community Christian Church in Naperville, uh, you feeling, and I completely affirm this, that, hey, if you're, if you're calling your, my husband, I believe you're also calling me. And you and I talked a lot about that. Yeah. Like, hey, she's not a tag along. Like, this isn't a sidekick right. situation. Like, we believe that, that God has equipped both of us to do stuff for his kingdom. So in that, this, like, heart for women really begins to grow, and then this heart for mamas. And so you have this, like, common mission women dream. And then the most recent iteration is that you're making this stunning jewelry and... You had this vision for what Clothing, to do with the yeah. proceeds of it. Would you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that dream, that vision, and and how's it going so far? So, yeah, it originally started as a space that I wanted to use to just encourage and tell the stories of women who were kind of fearlessly pursuing their passions, fearlessly pursuing the things that God had created them to, the things that God had had called their hearts to do. So you would, like, interview them and then, like, Yeah, so I, the it started as a blog, right. and but from the very beginning, I had had deep within my my heart this desire i'm like i would love to use my other creative passion of i I love to make art and clothes and jewelry i would love to bring that back but i knew if i did it i had to do it in a way for my own well-being that i knew i needed to be able to give back to women in some way and i was for a long time trying to figure out what that was going to look like and then not long after i started the blog i had two children in two years (laughs) and I was just thinking about this the other day. After having them, I really thought like this was the seasons God God is calling me to. And I still believe that's one of the part of the season that God's calling me to is, you know, devoting my life to being their mom and yeah. obviously being your wife. But I also felt like the search that I wanted I wanted to start creating again and I felt like, well, maybe when they're in school, maybe I'll have <laughs> right. time to create right. again. And I, I felt like I kept hearing this voice of, why not now? Hmm. Why not now? And I think I just needed the motivation. So I was talking to my mom, as I do almost every day, sometimes <laughs> multiple times a day. My mom and I talk a lot. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> and she is always sharing with me the miracles that are happening in the ministry. And so we're always talking about that and what's going on with the men and women who are struggling with homelessness. 
And there, over the last year, I'd noticed there'd been this influx of not just more women in the ministry, because there it tends to be a higher demographic of men that have come to the ministry for whatever right. reason, but there'd been a higher demographic of women. And then just in the last probably six months to a year, um, single moms who were, who were living in either homelessness or, or poverty, living in Section 8 housing, living in shelters with their children. Mm-hmm. And it, as a mother myself, it just wrecked my heart. I'm like, I know how hard it is just to, just to be a mom, but to be a single mom, and then on top of that, to be struggling with poverty. Yeah. And many of what a lot of people know don't know is that a lot of men and women who struggle with homelessness are also struggling with depression and with other mental health issues, um, with you know lack of community. And so, knowing all these things and knowing how important it is. To have people to do, to step alongside you and, and help you through right. motherhood, I, right. it just clicked. It was like, that's it. That's the motivation I've been waiting for. And I thought, what if I just start creating? What if I just start making these things that are visions of things that I've been in my head and I just put it out there <laughs> and I'm going to commit to God and I'm going to commit this line that I'm going to give 10% of everything that sells directly back to these women. And with the affiliation I have with the ministry, because I grew up in it and my mom runs it, I'm able to know not, I'm not able to just know exactly where the money is going. I actually just spoke to one of the women the other day, one of the moms we're giving to, and I'm going to be meeting them in about a month. So it's so cool. I get to directly know what their needs are and meet them directly and take that money and give it to really, um, you know, the, to meet those specific needs. And one of the, I guess, basic needs, but to me is a big need is just groceries, basic needs like diapers, right, right. being able to just, even one of the moms had needed pajamas, just being able to buy pajamas for your kid. These are things that we all take for granted, totally. but are just so needed. You know, these simple desires and needs of a mom's heart and just to get by. So I was like, I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I, had started, decided, okay, I'm going to launch this line. I'm going to start making stuff. I'm going to get all my visions together for it. And I had been thinking about it for a long, <laughs> long, long time. I know it. And just never had the you know confidence and let fear hold me back. But I decided, okay, I'm going to set a day. And you knew because you were there saying, just do it. <laughs> I'm going to announce it. I'm going to launch this this line. I'm I watched launch- you hover over the post <laughs> yes. button for a half hour. I was hour. like, I don't think I should do this. I think people are going to be like, what are you doing? Who cares? Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to just launch. I'm going to announce that I'm going to launch it. Yep. It's going to make me just commit to doing it. And so I said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to launch this, <laughs> this line. And I did. And I put out all the stuff and not knowing what's going to happen. And Honestly, on the first day that it launched, I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe <laughs> this month I'll sell one item. Right. Maybe, in, honestly, maybe in the next few months, I'll make enough to be able to actually give a grocery card. I'd planned, hey, what if we do Walmart gift cards so that they mm-hmm. can buy diapers, groceries, Walmart's near their, where they're living. It's accessible for them with, you know, out the tra- without the transportation of a car. Right. It's, it was accessible to them. I thought that would be great. We'll do Walmart gift cards. Totally doable. Maybe in a few months I'll be able to raise enough money to give it back. And my mom had that morning called me and told me about one of the moms and that she had just mentioned to my mom, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had 
the money to just be able to buy my daughter pajamas. She needs pajamas. And mm. within, by the end of that day, I had made enough sales, not just for one gift card, but to be able to give two gift cards. Woo. So the mom would be able to buy these pajamas. And I felt like it was God, not just affirming the whole thing, but also reminding me, like, I don't just see you. Yeah. I see a bigger picture. I see this single mom. I want her to know that she is loved and seen and that, you know, there's people who are going to come around her. So, yeah, it was it was an amazing first week. It's just week one. That's I'm right. I'm one weekend. You're so. one week. I think that deserves a high five. High five. Give me a high, high five. five. One week complete. I'm so proud of you. And that's just one of the many stories that I know that you've told. And uh, we're all out of time, unfortunately, now. But if they go to your Instagram, right, which is Common Mission Women. Yeah, I continue to share what right. we're up to, share products, and just keep people updated with um, kind of our, our yearly goals and how we're giving back and the women we're, the women we're working with. So just... Know more about them. Too. I cannot encourage you enough. Check them out on Instagram, Common Mission Women, or you can go to commonmissionwomen.com. Not only to shop, but also hear the stories and keep up with all the stuff that my lovely, beautiful, talented. Keep going. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> gracious. Don't stop. Kind, yep, forgiving no. wife. Wow. Doing, Katie, uh, I'm really, really more grateful for you served, yeah. and for your life and the ways that you let God lead you. Uh, I love you. Thanks, babe. Love you too. All right. You're listening to The Common Good right here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes, our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Hello, lads and ladies. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Common Good. Just again, a disclosure. A disclosure? A disclaimer. Both of those things. Brian is not here. If you've seen him, please let us know. We're very worried. But I am absolutely thrilled to have not only local Naperville pastor, (laughs) not only someone who's become a real-life friend, but one of the most fantastic beards I've ever seen. Oh, you're too kind. In my life, that is Pastor Steve Spangenberg. I said it right. Yeah, you got it. How was that? That's impressive. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was a little upset that my name wasn't included in the introduction. (laughs) We meant to have it edited at a time. and And, uh, Unless you wanted me to be Brian. I didn't know if I was supposed to be. Was that not explained to you? We need you to pretend to be Brian for the next hour. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the idea of a guest host is you don't, you're not yourself. You have to impersonate as best you can Brian. It's sort of like a, it's like a Dorian Gray situation. Just embody, you become Brian from. Perfect. We'll coach you along the way. It could be be a parody in all the respect that he deserves. (laughs) not a good idea. (laughs) All right, so one of the things, Steve, that we've been doing with guests is rather than me just sort of read a static bio, I'd love for you to introduce yourself with as much vulnerability, with as much detail as you'd like to our listening audience, who are you? Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, you know, first, I'm a husband, yep. and uh, my wife, Kaylee, who is uh, uh, not just my wife, but she's also a partner in ministry. So we've been serving in ministry together um, on staff at churches um, for a long time. And uh, so after that, I've got two incredible kids. My, uh, my daughter, Peyton, is in eighth grade. Uh, which is crazy yeah, <laughs> to think that she's going to be in high school. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I was in youth ministry for eight years, okay. um, which, you know, is like dog years. You have yeah. to multiply by multiply by seven. So to think that I'm going to have a child in a ministry that I was a leader of That's is wild. That is kind of wild, oh, right? Uh, and then I've got a son 
who uh, he is in fifth grade, and um, he's pretty awesome, plays soccer. Nice. So we get to go to a lot of soccer games and stuff. So, yeah, I've been at uh, Trinity Church of the Nazarene over in Naperville for about seven and a half years. That's awesome. Uh, the cool thing is uh, just being able to do ministry with people there in Naperville um, as well as surrounding areas. And then uh, one of the cool things that I get to do, which I think is pretty awesome, is uh, I'm also a chaplain for the Naperville Police Department. Dang. Uh, so that's that's kind of a fun thing. I actually sometimes, um, you know, almost enjoy being a police chaplain <laughs> more more than being. Is that okay? More than yeah, being a, a, a pastor? Totally. Because uh, you know, sometimes you know that's where that's where real stuff yes. goes down. Right. You know, not to say that you know real stuff doesn't go down in the church, but um, but you know, there's it's there's no filter. Yeah, um, when right. you're when you're standing in the home, mm. assisting the uh, state police with uh, with a death notification, I wow. mean that's that's frontline frontline stuff. So yeah, no yeah. kidding. Um, so that's that's kind of me. That's awesome, man. So I remember actually the first time that we got lunch to feeling like you were really kind of a lifeline for me, being new to the area, mm. wanting to make friends with other pastors, and not not just like a network, like actual friends. Like sure. I, I yeah. learned very early on. Friends in ministry is so important mm-hmm. and way harder to do than most of us realized. Yeah. And I remember hearing your story thinking, oh, I think more people need to hear this story. Could you just tell like briefly a little bit, how'd you end up in ministry in the first place? Like what's the context that led you to where you're at now? Yeah. So I'm actually a punk kid from South Philly. And uh, so I, I grew up on the South side of Philadelphia and um, I was an, I was an awful child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like, uh, I went through a lot of different stuff. I mean, you know, third grade, there was a apple on the teacher's table. I literally picked it up, but it was like a brass, you know, paperweight oh apple. Oh, no. And I threw it like across the room. I mean, that's like, just give you a little background uh, to who I was. <laughs> just a little glimpse. Um, yeah, a little, a little glimpse. So I was the least likely person to ever go into ministry. I think that's why I liked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where uh, when I received my call, uh, my parents were with me uh, behind me. At, we, I was at an altar and I was praying and my mentor at the time was actually praying with me. Hmm. And uh, my, my parents literally were behind me and uh, my dad came up and I'm sure he probably thought I was like, you know, praying over porn or something like that. <laughs> right, And right. Uh, he came up and put his arms around me and he said, hey, whatever's going on, you know, you just know that we're your mom and I love you wow. and we're here for you. And, and I said, uh, I think I just accepted a call into ministry. <laughs> and literally my mom's knees crumpled. No. Yes. Like literally <laughs> she went weak and my dad had to like catch her because i mean i i put my parents through the ringer really oh yeah big time yeah big time so again i was least likely candidate uh to be in ministry but i always stand in front of my congregation and say hey look if if god can use me he can use you that's right i mean that's that's kind of the gist of that so did you go from that altar moment like right to ministry school or right to Bible college or what, what no. kind of happened in between? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I was a, uh, that was the summer before my senior year in high school. Okay. Uh, so I was a, uh, um, it was kind of wild that journey. So I even went to, went to high school my senior year and I had friends that asked me, you know, like, Hey, where are you going to go to college? What are you going to do? And I said, Oh, I'm going to be a pastor. And they're like, what? They're like, <laughs> Are you? you? Yeah, they're like for real. Well, then they were like, "Dude, are you? You're not going to get married, you know?" Right, right. Eighty six percent of the area where I grew up was Catholic, right? Uh, so they the only context they had was priest and father. 
Uh, so yeah, so I said, no, no, no. I said, my church is a little different than that. Um, but yeah, so I went to school for a year at, uh, Eastern Nazarene college, which is in, in, uh, Quincy, Massachusetts. So South side of Boston. Okay. And then, uh, transferred to Olivet Nazarene university, which is located in Bourbon, Illinois. Right. And, uh, did a degree in ministry there and a master's in ministry from Olivet. And then, oh, uh, right yeah, I was in youth ministry for, like I said, eight years and then took the, the jump. I, you know, in youth ministry world, we call it a demotion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got demoted uh, to be the uh, the lead pastor. We do kind of talk like that, don't we? We do, yeah. Well, I never looked at it as a stepping stone. And yeah, that's one same. of the things that you and I talked about. That's right. Like, hey, where we were at in ministry, we were going to be there until, totally. you know, uh, God moved us. And this was a very, uh, so, I mean, it was a, a God-ordained uh, move. I mean, I, I wish we, you know, if we had a little bit more time. I mean, it's just wild how God moved in that in that time to get us to where we're at. Okay, that actually is what we call in the biz a tease. That is a perfect tease because awesome. in the end, it's something that you and I share in common. Yeah. Having a heart for students and student ministry, really feeling like that was our call, and we mm-hmm. both kind of fell backwards into yeah. lead pastor roles. And I don't know, there's something kindred there. I think because there is certainly, and you and I probably. Both met people. They're like, nope. Ever since I was five, I knew he was going to be lead pastor. <laughs> right. I was like, five? Yeah. I was throwing oh, brass right. apples across the classroom. <laughs> exactly, I mean, like, right? The ministry was, was far from my mind. Yeah, I was beating people up. <laughs> I was never big enough to beat people up, but I'm yeah. sure if I was, I would have been. Sure. So that's what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about how did you make this transition from student ministry mm-hmm. to lead pastor? Another thing that we share in common is a love for what we call ecumenism, right? How do churches better work together? Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I think is on a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to stick around with us. For the entire hour. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all sorts of fun things. Awesome. And I uh, I cannot wait for you all to learn from my friend Steve, because I think you are incredibly brilliant and mm. a lot of wisdom to share. So we're going to pick your brain for the rest of the hour here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. All right, Pastor Steve, spit some lyrics. In West Philadelphia, <laughs> born and raised on no, a hey, playground. It's, com- it's coming. Spent- it's coming. Oh, you just cut him off? He was just spitting. <laughs> in West Philadelphia, born and raised. On the playground is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, but we could do this. Relaxing, all fooling, all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in the neighborhood. If anyone's tuning in right now, by the way, they're like, am I on the right station? Yeah. <laughs> What is happening over at AM 1160? Yeah. That is very confusing even for us, and we're the ones in the studio. That other voice, though, you're hearing, you may realize is actually not the right Reverend Brian Fromm, a different right Reverend, right Reverend Steve Spangenberg, who is both a pastor and a friend and lover of beards and great grower of beards. I'm going to mention that eight more times this show. That's by the perfect. Way. Is that okay? That's perfect. I love it. Anyone you want to thank for your beard gloriousness, by the way? Beards guard barbers. If yes. I Drop it down. Um, Drop it down. Yeah. Drop it out. Beards guards, man. They're they're phenomenal. They really are. That's actually where I got my haircut before my wedding. Yes. I remember. We share that in common. We do? Yeah. We're like brothers. <laughs> we're we're not... I mean, we're kind of beard brothers now because you, no, you have this glorious beard. No, that's very kind of you. My beard is very prepubescent. Not it's not true. That's very kind of you to say. Not but. true. Have you gotten the head nod yet? Have you gotten like we walk into a room and there's another no, guy with a beard nope. and, and you get the... That's how, I, that's how I know I haven't arrived, because I've never gotten the head nod. Oh, you will. You, you think will. so? Oh, yeah. God, this oh, is yeah. what makes you such a great pastor. I'd give you a nod, man. You would? I, I would give you But that's you because a nod. we're already friends. That nullifies oh, the nod true. rule, doesn't it? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was encouraging for just a moment. A second. I'll get there. Anyway, okay, so you're a pastor. 
you're a chaplain, you're a deep thinker. I just, I think our first lunch, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I felt like we clicked. I was like, this guy's, this oh guy's going to be a yeah. friend. Oh but you had mentioned earlier, though, that you were a youth pastor mm-hmm. and you kind of ended up as a lead pastor a little accidentally, or maybe not necessarily what you had planned on. Can you yeah. uh, just walk us through that part of your journey a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, so I'll try to shorten it down because it is kind of a little bit of a long story. Uh, so basically, you know, I was in ministry for a long time and things were going really well. Um, and uh, I, kind of out of the blue, God started stirring a little bit like, mm-hmm. hey, there might be another layer to this or another level to this. And um, I met with my executive pastor. We came back from a meeting and she looked at me and she said, um, I got to let you go. Wow. And I was like, holy smokes. I'm like, this <laughs> right. is how you get fired? Yeah. I was like, I thought things were going well. Right. And literally she looked at me and she said, No, no, no. I need you to let I need to let you to become I need to let you become the person that God has called you to be. No kidding. And I was like, Wow, like what is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And she literally said, uh, she said, Listen, if I believe if you're here on staff within the next year, you are you potentially are going to be out of God's will. I really feel that strongly that God's calling you to take on your own church. And I was like, get out of town. So I, (laughs) I said, I said to her, um, at that point, my wife, Kaylee, who was on staff at the time, she pulled up um, because we were coming from the same meeting. Okay. And, uh, um, and I said, listen, our God is not a God of confusion. And if he's saying that to me, then he's going to speak that into her. Mm. And right now, anybody that would say, oh, my word, your husband's going to be a great pastor someday. Because, you know, in youth ministry, you're not really a pastor. That's you right, know. right. When are you going to be a real pastor? <laughs> it's like, I can't tell you how many times I heard that. Step into my office. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, so two weeks later, I'm in the basement of my home. And uh, uh, I'm watching football game is on a Sunday night. Okay. And uh, my wife comes downstairs. She's got tears streaming down her eyes. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what did I do? Yeah, right. You know? Right, right. That's, that's a good husband type right. of fear right Yeah, now. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what did I do? Uh, and she said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. So I turned the TV off, and, I, you know, and she said, I need to let you go. And I said, are what? you? Yeah. I said, are you firing me too? Oh, my gosh. And she's like. What are you talking about? And I said, nothing, nothing. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) And uh, she said, no, I need to let you become the person that God has called you to be. So I said, all right, God. I'm like, you got my attention. Yes. And I asked her, I said, were you talking to Cindy? You know, that was my executive pastor. And she said, no. And I said, okay. I'm like, what what do you think this means? So my wife and I knelt down um, at our couch right there in the basement of our home, wow. and we prayed about what God was doing. Next day, I meet with our senior pastor, and I say, listen, um, we're not looking to move. We're not looking to do anything. I'm not filling out a resume. I'm not doing any of this you know, work. Right. I said, we love it here. I right. could see myself staying here forever. You know, They'll bury me with the bricks, you know, and right. whatever. Right. Um, and and literally, uh, you know, he said it was only a matter of time, and you, you know, you do have the gifting to do this, wow. uh, which is really, really cool and very affirming. Yeah. And uh, and then it wasn't until fourteen months later that we actually transitioned. Okay. Now, story gets pretty amazing. Yes, it hasn't yet been amazing. No, not yet. Louise. So, so I'm uh, uh, I'm meeting with. Um, uh, 
uh, I, I, that June, June 17th, I go up and I was the NYI president. So our, our denomination has Nazarene Youth International. Okay. And I was the president of our district. And so I oversaw these churches and I was doing a, a convention mm-hmm. and I walked into the sanctuary at Trinity Church in Naperville, Illinois on June 17th. And uh, uh, God's presence was very evident, very there, and wow. spoken to me and said, you are going to be the senior pastor of this church. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, you know, I, I'm, I think we're all a little mystic, right? I think right. we should be because we, we trust the Holy Spirit. That's right. So in that moment, uh, I just was like, oh, my goodness, uh, what does that mean? I went home. I didn't tell anybody. I went home that night. My wife, uh, she's like, how did it go today? I'm like, oh, it went great. You know, I had a good convention, you know, and everything. And she said, anything happened? And I was like, well, maybe she knows something that I don't know. Yeah, and I right. said, well, there was this one thing. And now I, that you're asking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually October. When we received the call, it was the first Sunday in October, Got it. the previous year. Wow. So okay. we then all of a sudden we go, um, and she's, I said, well, I go, I, I did receive this, like, well, I feel like a pretty definitive call that I'm going to be the senior pastor of Naperville of Trinity. And she literally started busting out laughing. Stop. Yeah. That's exactly what you want your wife to do. Just start laughing right, right. uncontrollably, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, so then I kind of join in with her like, ha, ha, ha. What are we right. laughing about? <laughs> like, this is funny. So uh, so I remember she was in the closet mm. in our bedroom, and all of a sudden she like peeked her head out, and she's like, you're not kidding, are you? I said, I said no, babe. I said, I can't explain it to you. Right. Um, and we knew we weren't on their radar. We weren't on even on their short list. Right. We weren't even on their list. <laughs> and then uh, so fast forward, I, I, um, I got a phone call from another district superintendent that wanted me to interview for jobs in Florida. We thought, mm. well, maybe this is it. And uh, I filled out my resume. In the process, met with our district superintendent um, for the Chicago Central District in Chicago, downtown at okay. the Marriott. And he says, hey, um, I, uh, I, I want to share with you cause he, I had to use him as for my resume. Right. Right. Of um, course. It, because I was finally getting a phone call and thought that was it. So I said, well, um, you know, he said, we need to talk. So we sit down, we talk and he looks at me and he says, there's two options on the table. One, you can plant to church anywhere in the Chicagoland area mm. and we'll support you 110%. We love you and Kaylee. We want you to stay plant to church. Wow. And he said, but the second route is a little bit more traditional. And he said, there's a church in Naperville, Illinois, that's looking for a pastor. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And literally, it felt like I got struck by lightning from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. I mean, just moving of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know what I did? I didn't tell him a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, God, this is going to be you and you all the way. Right. So he said, I already have your resume. What do you think about me passing that along? I said, man, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. And uh, so um, I actually went um, to Costa Rica with him. We were, I was scouting out a missions trip for my youth group. Holy cow. And he, the connection was through him. So we were in Costa Rica together and everything, and I didn't hear anything back. A couple of weeks come by, and uh, literally I, don't, I, I didn't hear back from him. And so I went down to my wife's office, and I said, babe, I think— that this is, I think we need to put this to bed. I said, we haven't heard anything. Right. I'm, I'm sure that they didn't choose us and, uh, or even come and interview. So as I'm walking back to my office, the phone rings and it's uh, Dr. Wilson. And he says, hey, they want to, they want to interview come you. On. Yeah, so December 2nd of that year, I went up and I interviewed 
Um, it was three hours long. Holy cow. But they, we don't, nobody that was in the room called it an interview because literally it was a covenant. Wow. And uh, I mean, it was, in fact, um, I'm crying. My wife's crying. Dr. Wilson is crying. Everybody in the room is just on. And, and what we didn't know at the time was that they were actually participating in an Esther fast. Mm. So they brought in Lou Malnati's, which <laughs> I've never had right. Lou Malnati's. Right. And uh, so they brought in Lou Malnati's. And, um, um, and my wife leans over and she's like, do you think it's bad if I get seconds? And I, she's like, because this is really good pizza. Uh, and I said, I said, man, um, yeah, I don't think it's bad. And she's like, but nobody else is eating. <laughs> and that's like your introduction to this church, to, yeah, to this yeah. community. Yeah. So yeah. now you're like a full fledged mystic is what you're telling me. Yeah, that's, pretty much. You're like a full believer yeah. of God speaks to yeah. us. He moves to other people. Well, and I've got one more. If I mean, if that makes the story kind of build all together. Wait, let's tease it then. All right. Let's save it. Okay. Coming up next, we're going to learn that that little bit of one more. Hopefully, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm not even sitting down. That to me is such a beautiful picture of God like caring for and calling us. And uh, I think that story is so encouraging. We're going to hear more coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. In West Philadelphia, but... Oh, no, sorry. That was, <laughs> this music has nothing to do with that song whatsoever. By the way, have you heard the like long extended version of that song? Oh, absolutely. You know there's like three or four other verses. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do know this? Yeah. This is why you're like in my top five, man. Dude, I People... used to go down to Will Smith had a, a summer like showcase every summer yeah. at the place called the Platts. Oh, yeah. And yes. uh, so I used to go down to the Platts and and like literally hang out Stop. on the fringes. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have so much more cred than I do. It's not true. It's kind of true. It's. I mean, we'll let the audience determine, but it's, I think it's pretty clear who has the credit. Okay, so we got to get to it because you, yeah, 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 yeah. you you teased it perfectly that yeah. there's even more to this story that you've been telling us about yeah. this incredible call and this confirmation with your wife and then this 14-month gap and then this interview that wasn't an interview yeah. and there's tears and Lumilnati's and all. Yeah. Okay, so what's the piece that you left us hanging yeah. with? Yeah, so cool part was after the interview was over, I met with our DS and we said, was that, like, that was our first ever, like, meeting with the board interview for a lead pastor position. Right. Like, is this normal? Right. And he's like, no. Wow. He's like, none of that was normal. <laughs> and he's literally, he said, that was a covenant. He's mm. like, that is the most I've ever seen God move in a people and in you and, and a leader. And he said, this is definitely of God. Wow. So um, that interview night, I didn't tell them about what I experienced on June 17th. I didn't, and I didn't tell wow. them what I experienced in October or, you know, I didn't tell him the date, but I told him this, my wife and I experienced this thing. So I get up on my first Sunday at Trinity. Now, the only other person that knows in the room is my wife. Wow. And I walk them through this timeline and mm. this journey. And all of a sudden I said, you know, it was the first Sunday in October. It was like 2000 and, uh, 2010. Mm. And, uh, and they, all of a sudden I could see people starting to turn and they started like whispering and they were like, you know, <laughs> doing hand signs. Stuff. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, what in the world? This is the you hand sign I mean? part of the service. Yeah. Did you know that? I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, did I say something wrong? You know? Well, come to find out. After the service was over, um, uh, the board members came up to me and they said, um, the Sunday that God confirmed to you and Kaylee that you were transitioning was that Sunday morning was the, the pastor resigned Stop. from our church. Come on. I know. That's crazy. Right. 
So, so now, seg- segue into now you're leading a church that you know God has called you to. Yes, right. So it's thick, thin, up, down, yes. mountain, valley, all of those things. Until you feel that release, mm-hmm. you know that you're there. That's right. For such a time as this. That's right. And and that's what that's what that's what leads us. I mean, that's what guides that's us. That's awesome. And I, yeah. I, won't, I won't share my story now, but I think that's part of why I think yeah, I yeah, still yeah. gravitated toward George because my experience at Poplar had a lot of those similar elements. Right, I was like, all right, right. hell yeah, high water, yeah, yeah. right? Until we're released, yeah. this, this is it. Okay, so that's, it's clear and evident then that not only do you love what you do, and I know that we've talked about it, it's, it's hard, you know, like any job, any oh, call. The call doesn't mm-hmm. make it any less hard, but there, you have this real beautiful sense not only for your church, but also the church, yeah. which is something that I really appreciate in you mm. and is unfortunately more rare than I'd like to admit. Mm. Uh, I'm curious, where does that come from? Like your desire to see the local expression of the church, like build bridges and link arms. And like, what are what are some ways that you think for anyone listening that we can do that better? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, it, it starts with a genuine care for the church, yeah, the big C, yeah. You know, I think it's a genuine love and passion for what does God want to do mm. in, among, and through us, yeah. You know, not just me. Um, and and I think I think there's a part of that too that uh, like one of the things that we do. So just to give practical um, kind of uh, um, guidance to that is every Sunday morning we pray for a local congregation in Naperville. Awesome. It doesn't matter, you know, where they're from, who they're or against about, you know, we just pray for a local church. So I've prayed for you by oh, name man. on Sunday morning. That's awesome. Um, we pray for a church that's on our district. So we pray for another Nazarene church. We have 84 churches on our district. Mm. Um, and then the third thing is we pray for a missionary around the world. Wow. Um, and we do that because we want not only, we want our, we want to teach our people that we have, um, that other churches in our area are important. When when Yellow Box wins, we all win. That's right. You know, and, and vice uh, versa. Uh, yeah, right, right. And so we we want to celebrate those wins. Mm. The, the second one about praying for our you know churches, Nazarene churches, is to help them to understand that we're a part of a collective. That's you right. You know that we have a collective of other Nazarene churches that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then missionaries around the world is is to help us understand that we do have a voice. Yes. Where we can't maybe be there in 450 different world areas. Right. We have representation in 450 right. different world areas. And do you find that like doing that regularly as a part of your weekly rhythms is helping kind of expand the vision of your people? Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And, and why do you think that's so rare? Like what you just described is so achievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any church could do that. Yeah. Why do, why do we see so little of that? Um, I don't know. I, you know, to be honest with you, I think a lot of those walls are, are being broken down. I love that. Um, I, think, I think you're right. I, I think that the gone are the days where it's, you know, well, I have to do everything to protect my sheep, hmm. you know, and I can't even mention what other churches are doing, or I can't even talk okay. about other churches because, you know, it'll be, it, you know, they might go there. Right. It's like com- um, competition, yeah, territorial yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah. yeah. And I don't get that sense, to be honest with I you. I mean, I have a lot of great relationships with pastors and, and I'm very, very thankful for our relationship for, you know, the times that you and I get together and there's no, um, you know, it's, it's just honest, yeah. you know, and it's, it's real. And it's talking about, Hey, you know, these are the things that are going well. Here's right. the things that we're struggling with, right. you know, and we're both in it together mm. and we both see, 
Um, I almost said the common good. <laughs> I almost said it. I, I almost that would have been the it. money shot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> almost, glad you didn't say the common good, because if you had said the common good, it would have felt forced. Like yeah, you were yeah, saying yeah, yeah. The common good yeah, yeah. out of guilt or something. You're right. You no, didn't say it. Yeah, but I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I think that could, that's, that's what wakes me up in the morning. Yes. That's what excites me. And I am a firm believer. In fact, I love um, one of the cool things that happens in our congregation is there are people that come, uh, they might be, you know, visiting or, or whatever, and, and uh, will pray for a local church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it'll blow their minds that they'll be in a, you know, a Protestant evangelical church, and they're right. hearing us pray for, you know, uh, Father um, so-and-so right, at, right. at this Catholic church. See, I think that to me is like part of what is so subversive about the way of Jesus is so often like we want to see the big conference moves of the spirit. And yeah. it so often starts by like, who, who are you praying for? Yeah. Like, like, who are you interceding on behalf of? And I think right. like part of what we're seeing even in Naperville, and I think you're right. I think a lot of those walls are starting to crumble. Yeah. In fact, I think we said it off air. I think churches that don't understand that mm-hmm. have a short shelf life. Absolutely. I think the idea, particularly among millennials and Zers are saying, Wait a minute! You guys are fighting with these people, and you're yeah. both into Jesus and the Bible, and yet, yeah, there's a battle going on. But yeah. no, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, just like in my son's soccer game, same team, same team. <laughs> yes, same exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> well, that other voice you've been hearing is uh, Pastor Steve Spangenberg of Trinity Church of the Nazarene in Naperville. He's going to stick around for one more segment. We're going to talk about micro expressions, micro movements. We're going to talk about prayer and probably gangster rap. So those four things, yes. yeah, a pretty classic grouping of topics. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they go together. That's right, obviously. Who hasn't seen that? That's all yeah. coming up next here on The Common Good on AIM 1160. Hope for your life. <laughs> I love How that. ridiculous is that? I love that. <laughs> all right, so we're not going to do a Grinds My Gears segment right now. But I did, PJ actually really wanted you to hear that. That's perfect. Because you had mentioned earlier, and this is real, <laughs> one of the things that's a, a central part of our relationship yeah. is that you will text me the names of like insane rappers that you learn about. And you had mentioned that often you're like learning about them late at night. And so you have this like internal battle, like, should I text them now? It's kind of yeah. late. So yeah. you don't. Right. And then you forget. So just yeah. a couple minutes ago, you're like, okay, I have a new one I for you. One. And I was like, don't tell me now. Tell me on the air. Yeah, yeah. So, so lay it on me. <laughs> yeah. So this is something fun that Ian and I do, um, <laughs> and it's hilarious because I love the exchange too. Because Ian will text back, "What is your life?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot actually. I end up saying that a lot. <laughs> yeah, what is your life? Um, so uh, yeah, so a new one. This okay. is a, a rapper. I I don't know. Like I saw him wearing a Philadelphia hat and Sixers like jersey. So he might be out of Philadelphia. I'm not 100 percent sure. I cannot okay. confirm that. Okay. Um, but his name is classic. Oh boy. Da baby. Da <laughs> baby. So we 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 talk about that. You know these odd rapper uh-huh. names. Yep. I mean they're and they're out there. What is that meant to convey though? Like isn't that isn't your name supposed to really communicate intensity yeah. of something? Oh, sorry. PJ's got to weigh in. He so wants- I looked up to baby. Just take a wild guess where he's from. Is he from Philadelphia? No. No way. He is not from Philadelphia. Where's he from? Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because that's where all the rappers are coming that's from. That's where good hip hop is made. Yeah, they're coming, from, they're coming from the Carolinas. Everyone knows it. If you're not watching Hip Hop Evolution right now, by the way, 
Make some it's, time for it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Before I forget, I want to make sure because if people have been with us for the whole hour, I'm assuming they're like captivated by you and your story and you're <laughs> 10 times the pastor than I could ever be. Not and true. they're wondering, wait, shoot, what was the name of his church? How can I learn more? So yeah. tell us websites or emails or any of that stuff that you want to give out so that yeah. people can find you guys to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so we're uh, Trinity Church of the Nazarene okay. and it's uh, in Naperville, Illinois, like we said, and uh, trinitynazarene.org. So N-A-Z-A-R-E-N-E.org. Awesome. Uh, and, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. It's, I mean, we've got services on Sundays at 1045. And you have like a midnight service on Saturdays, right? Yeah, is that the, <laughs> that's is that, right. That's right. Yeah, not no, true. No, no, don't, no. don't go there at midnight. <laughs> okay. No, so, we do have a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Oh, though, you do? That's at, right. At seven o'clock. Cause that's a really kind of a key component for us is prayer. Can anyone come to that? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. So people yeah, yeah. from the community Absolutely. are welcome neighbors, even if yep. they're not like necessarily. Yep. Nazarene or yep. even a church person like all right I want to check this out absolutely that's awesome okay so one of the things when we invite guests we kind of ask them to give some talking points just mm-hmm. to sort of help steer we want to make sure that we're you know we're talking about stuff that is unique to you and I love that you put down micro expressions and micro movements yeah what what do you mean by that because yeah. I feel like we're in a culture and a in a moment right now where there's so much focus on like the big right and the dramatic mm-hmm. so anytime I see the word micro I'm always like okay because it's actually part of the heart yeah. for the show Part of the, the word common is what are the common spaces that we occupy yeah, yeah, yeah. that we're often kind of overlooking? So what do you what do you mean by those two words? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things where I'm at, um, you know, as you know, there are a lot of really large, nice, large churches. Right. And they're doing incredible work. Um, and so being a little bit smaller church we have to um, kind of find our niche, find our DNA, mm. you know, obviously, because, I mean, there have been times in ministry where I've asked myself why are we here? <laughs> yes, you know, yes. like you have these great churches that are doing incredible work and they are doing a great job. Mm. So then what is our role? And, and you know, and I know you and I've talked about this. It takes all types of churches to win all types of people. That's right. Um, and I believe that that's really indicative and important and I'm living that out. Um, but within that, finding your unique DNA um, means also recognizing, okay, what has God called you to that only you yes. can do, right? Yes. It's kind of like the Nordstrom way. I don't know if you remember that book, was, uh-huh. you know, yep. um, back in the day about customer service, you know, I mean, Nordstrom, they live by the example of what is it only you can do mm-hmm. and do that and do it well, um, or be what they call best in the world at. Mm-hmm. So um, J- Trinity went through this journey where we, um, you know, we really kind of got to the place where we realized that we're a church of healing, um, mm-hmm. that we're a place where many people can come and heal from just you know brokenness. Uh, we've got celibate recovery on uh, Thursday nights at seven o'clock, which is incredibly redemptive, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's another place of healing that we offer to our community and to people around. Um, and then, so getting to the micro expression portion of that, um, I think that the church needs to become more nimble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's what we even see in a plant church movement. Um, in a multi-site even uh, movement, it's it's really allowing the church to be more nimble. It's to get into areas. I I, I think we're we're hearing less of the conversation about how big can I grow the castle, yes. and instead it's it's how much can I advance the kingdom. That's right. You know, so good. and so we are. You know, so uh, J D Greer. I got to give credit where credit is due. I love his line about we're more concerned about sending capacity than we are seating capacity. So good. And uh and so so I think in order to do that you have to really 
take serious equipping the saints for service. That's right. And so when you do that, you also need to be aware that you're going to have more micro movements than you will these big, you know, multi-site, you know, um, expressions all the time. That's so, right. so that's what we're trying to lean into is, is seeing, okay, what can you do at your level? Yeah. Um, whether that's even just a small group that meets in your home, right. um, or some of those different, some of those different things. So that, that's very, that's like straight out of Ephesians four, right? The equipping the saints, Absolutely. the idea that mm-hmm. Christianity isn't for the experts on the stage, Correct. quite literally it's that person's role and responsibility to equip yeah. the community, the church to go then live, live it out live, in the world. Right. To, live to live like on Jesus. mission with Jesus in the world. So how do you, I'm curious, we got a couple minutes left. Yeah. How do you actually do that? And then I'll just ask both questions. How do you actually mm-hmm. do that practically mm-hmm. in your own life or in your church? And what hope or encouragement would you give to other people, other churches, other Christ followers, other people, maybe even that are like, I'm not even sure how I feel about this whole yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. thing. Just like leave us with some pastoral hope. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say um, one of the first things is I think you lead by example. Mm. And so the, one of the reasons why I'm a chaplain yeah. is because I had prayed, God, how can I be more involved in our community w- without being over, you know, stressed, burdened and all those yes, different things. Right, right. You know, so where are the, you know, cause I have to still take into consideration and God had opened the door for me to join the, the chaplain team at, mm. at the neighborhood police department. And that is a, that's one of those, just a, a small thing that I can do yeah. um, that gets me connected. So, so I would say, find the small thing first. Um, find the place where you can connect first and, and then do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, obviously I'm not paid and I don't do that for the advancement of my church. Mm-hmm. I do that because that's what God has led me to do. That's awesome. And so I want to lead by example to our people. Um, so that, that would be the one thing. The other thing too, is to recognize that I really, really believe this, that everybody has a spiritual gift. Yes. Um, and, and it's strange for people that don't even have a relationship with God mm-hmm. to hear someone say, you know, you have a gift that God has given you you know, and what does that look like? Yes, and right. and so a lot of times people start to ask that question, okay, well, what is my gift? So I would say right. another part of that is finding out what is your spiritual gift mm. and then lean into that, lean into that. And don't feel like you have to do everything. Of course, right. right? Because right. That, that would be like the macro expression of the kingdom. You yes, know what I mean? Like right. I have to do everything, but no, <laughs> what is the micro? Like what is it that God has led you to do that you can do and, and go and do that well? Oh, gosh. That'll preach, man. I am so grateful for you, for your friendship, for your influence and presence in Naperville. I think Naperville is a better place because you're in it, because Trinity Church of the Nazarene is in it. Wow, you're kind. Uh, I'm grateful, and I am so honored that you take the time to be with us on the show today, man. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'll come back anytime and and talk about beard products. (laughs) (laughs) Let's dedicate an entire show to beard products next time. I love it. I love it. Well, that is Pastor Steve Spangenberg of Trinity Church of the Nazarene in Naperville, Illinois. I cannot encourage you enough. Go to the website, learn more about what they're doing. Great, great man of God, great community of believers. I am so grateful for you and your presence, man. And this has been The Common Good right here on AM 1160. Hope for your life.